Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to another live episode of Circling the Bases, proudly a part of NBC Sports Edge. I am your host, Colin Henderson. Joining me today, as always, Mr. Christopher Crawford. A happy Wander Franco day to you, sir. A happy Wander Franco day to you as well. I got to be honest, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm also excited that this is the first podcast since I got my first haircut since February of two, I was going to bring it up. You beat me to there's, it. Uh. There's no, there's no hair on the back of this head, and I just love it so much. Still not willing to go without a hat because uh, there's just not enough in the in Middle Earth for me not to uh, to go with the hat. But uh, it does feel good. Getting a haircut is one of those things that like you don't appreciate how great it is until it can actually happen for you. Yeah, absolutely. And then all of a sudden you're like, why didn't I do this forever ago? It's, it's, like, <laughs> oh, going, yeah. it's like going to the eye doctor. You're like, yes. I, I, I've decided that seeing kind of okay is okay yes. for a long time yes. until you're there. You're yeah. like, oh my God, I can see again. This is amazing. Yes. I was going to bring up your haircut though. I was going to, I was hoping that you were going to be rocking, going hatless for the show today. And then all of a sudden I was like, ah, oh, nope. still there. Go, go Sounders. Uh, I watched your, uh, uh, I watched yeah. your, your Insta, I mean, um, Twitter before and after shots, which was hilarious. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you finally were able to get that done, Chris. It already looks a thousand percent better. Ladies, Thanks. watch out. Yeah. By the way, reminder, this is a live show. So if you are watching live right now, first off, hey, what's up? And second, please use your fingers, type in comments wherever you're listening on YouTube or on Twitch. Would love to be have you guys involved with us. Um, all about that. Already gotten one comment. Uh, Storm, we will hit you back on that in a second. But coming up on the show today, Chris and I will react live to Uber prospect Wander Franco's debut. Can't wait. While setting expectations for him rest of season. Fun fact, they're crazy high. Uh, more bad luck strikes Byron Buxton. Chris will cry for at least 15 to 20 over that. A bunch of stars return from the IL, so we get to give you some good injury news here. One of those rare times we do. And then Chris and I, on the second half of the show, will name our first half all-disappointment team. Basically, anybody drafted inside the top 150 that has just been a, a genuine disappointment so far. But we will tell you at least our opinions on whether or not we think there is a turnaround in the second half of the year. But first, a friendly reminder, we have a show here five days a week on Circling the Bases. We have Monday through Friday in audio form, and then we will have live shows every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night. Obviously, 
The show is happening now at 7 p.m. on Tuesday. Chris does his own show at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. And DJ and Drew host our flagship show on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you guys are tuning back daily. So enough with all the small talk here. Let's get right into the big story. Wander Franco, welcome to the show, buddy. Yeah. The 20-year-old number one prospect who everyone has been just salivating over basically since we anyone saw him swing a bat. He is finally getting the call. He is batting second tonight and playing third base for the Rays. Uh, has been excellent, as you'd expect, from a guy of his caliber in the minors this year, slashing 323, 376, 601 with seven home runs, 35 ribbies, 30 runs, and five stolen bases in 38 games. Um, he's been, he has shown excellence. We are expecting ex- excellence. Chris, set the table for us. I mean, he's the best prospect in baseball, and it's not even close. I mean, it's the, the margin, and I talked a little bit when we did the show with Kylie McDaniel of ESPN, and he's wax politically about him for a long time and a lot of people have but i mean the the floor here is so high as so is the ceiling and look we've seen prospects fail quite a bit in their first taste of major league pitching and we just saw jared kelnick stink for lack of a better term but if you're looking for a player that has a high floor and high ceiling you can't find it higher if for some reason wander franco is not available on uh uh, if Wander Franco was still somehow available in your Yahoo leagues, I imagine his roster percentage increased substantially over the last couple of days since it was announced on Father's Day. But look, it's a kid who can hit for average on the 2080 scale. He's got an 80 grade hit tool. You can't do any better than that. He's tapping into his power. I guess one thing to be concerned about is steals because he, he's going to run, I think. But he doesn't always get the best of jumps. He, he's, his caught stealing percentage isn't what you would be looking for at the minor league level. But everything that you want a player to do on the baseball field, Wander Franco is capable of doing it. Uh, you have to be cognizant that he could struggle early on. You cannot simulate major league pitching. But in terms of talent, you can't do better than Wander Franco. Let's talk expectations for him this year. Obviously, we know the hit tool. We know how good people are saying he is. Now, I've been on a bunch of websites. I popped on ESPN. I popped on uh, Yahoo. I popped on a couple others. Um, And basically, he is – and basically, some people have him as a top 50 player rest of season right now. Chris, I'm going to ask you this. Like, if if, if – I am seeing this elsewhere. So this is not just me pulling that out of – No, I understand. Like, this is being seen elsewhere. A top 50 player rest of season. We, as you just said, we saw Kelnick come up and struggle, and everybody was was screaming the same "run, go grab, run, go grab," and he was awful. And Mike Trout, in his first in his first taste of major league action, batted two twenty two, and obviously he's Mike Trout, so we know where that went. But are you seeing top fifty player rest of season? That just seems too much for a player that was born the year I graduated from high school. And uh, <laughs> it, it, look, it's, it's, it, here's the thing. Uh, I, I, don't I, wanna, I didn't want to, yeah, I don't want to dive yeah, deeper into that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> asking a 20 year old to be a top 50 baseball player or top 50 fantasy player is asking an awful of lot. Would I be shocked if he did it? Absolutely not. Just because of what he can do on the field. Like I said, this is a five category contributor. 
I would be looking more at a top 100 guy and being very happy about that. Even a top 150 guy is an overwhelming success for somebody who is coming up. Uh, and again, we're talking about return on schedule. So we're not mm-hmm. uh, we're not suggesting that he's going to finish in the top 50. If he does that, I mean, just put the guy in Cooperstown right now. But right. Um, I, I, I would be... I hate saying it because saying anything negative on Wander Franco day, it just seems mean, but seems I rude, will, yeah. yeah, but I will say that like temper expectations a little bit. If you're expecting top 50 player, it is a um, baseball is really hard. And we have seen, we got spoiled by how good Ronald Acuna and Juan Soto were early on. And mm-hmm. I honestly, in terms of potential, Wander Franco is a better prospect coming into baseball than those guys were. Those guys, you know, and nothing against Ronald Cunha, who was easily the top prospect in baseball at the time he was called up. Juan Soto was more of a top 25 guy who just completely just demolished expectations. But um, I think Wander Franco, I'd be more comfortable saying that he's a uh, a shortstop one, like a guy who can finish mm-hmm. the year in that uh ranking but i can't see top 50 that's just asking way too much for a rookie player who again was born in 2001 look i think overall as a fantasy baseball community we need to temper our expectations for wander franca like right the the hyperbole that is being thrown out there about him is is foolish it is amazing the comps that he's getting the expectations basically the if he doesn't become Fernando Tatis by the end of the week, it will be deemed a, it will almost be deemed a disappointment yeah. by like a, a a decent percentage of fantasy players. And that's inherently wrong. Just right. inherently wrong. Like give this 20-year-old a chance before we start making rash judgments on anything. Um, I just I think we are just overhyped. We have overhyped him to such a degree that the margin of error is razor thin for what we're expecting. And I just want everyone out there to just temper, take a breath, enjoy what you're about to see. And basically what the next 15 years are going to be probably from a guy who we expect great, unbelievable things from. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't tear the league up in the first two weeks, calm down, just everyone calm down, (laughs) please. I can already hear it. he'll go over three with two strikeouts tonight, and there will be people on Twitter going like, "This guy is so over over <laughs> yeah. nonsense." All right, no. just everyone set for expectations. Be happy that Wander Franco is up here, and he got up here before the age of twenty-one. We've been waiting for it, honestly. In today's uh, you know manipulation year, manipulation, and all the rest of that, like this didn't have to happen. This could have been yeah. the Rays are a good team. They could have easily punted this down another year if they really wanted to, and no one really could have called them on it. So, be happy that we finally got him up here. Well, I now, could have called him on it. Let me just let me just clarify that real quick. I mean, look, this, but let we me just all say, would have. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, look, that's the thing. It, like, I was tempted to do a joke to say that it was super to see Wander Franco finally mm-hmm. get called up because I mean that had a lot to do with why he is not in the major leagues. But again. I hope people realize that there is a balance between you must add this guy right now. And also you must be prepared for some, some ebbs and flows. That's just the way baseball works. There are going to be times where Wander Franco struggles, just like there are going to be times that Vladimir Guerrero jr. Struggles. And there are going to be times someday Jacob deGrom is going to allow another run someday. There are going to be struggles in this sport. It's just the way that it works. So, yes, you're absolutely adding Wander Franco 
um, in whatever format that you can play him in. But if you're expecting top 50 production, which is basically saying that you would take Wander Franco in the fifth round in a 12-team league, that's asking an awful lot. Well, one guy who, unfortunately, we continue to wait on and we will continue to wait more. Chris, get your Kleenexes ready over there, man. Uh, Byron Buxton just got back from the IL. Welcome back to the IL. He has been diagnosed with a boxer's fracture of the left hand after being hit by a pitch during Monday's game. Uh, He had just returned from a more than six-week absence due to a hip injury and will now head back to the IL. Look, this is... We're back to Byron Buxton, unfortunately. Like he teases us with unbelievable potential, and then he has the unbelievable start to the year. He's batting 369 with 10 homers and 19 ribbies and 22 runs scored across 110 plate appearances so far this year. And yet again, injuries popping up. And this one's not even a body injury. This one just gets hit by a pitch. Like it's bad luck injury, too. It's just we continue to wait for Byron Buxton to be healthy for a whole season. And honestly, I'd settle for half a season at this point. We, we, we are, we're struggling to get to that level. It's, it's so frustrating. And look, it's frustrating. The main thing is I feel terrible for Byron Buxton because this is especially like you can say, you can make claims about, and I would call them baseless about uh, Byron Buxton being, um, injury prone because of something he was doing for, for like uh, not coming back quickly from like a hamstring pull or something like that. If that was what was happening, there's nothing Byron Buxton could do about getting plunked in the wrist by a right-handed pitch or by, by a pitch in his right hand. Uh, There's nothing that he can do about that. This is just unbelievable bad luck. And it stinks because when he's on the field, he's as good right now as any player in the game. And I know that sounds like hyperbole. It's not. He was performing as well as any player in baseball. It is, and it's not. It's never been a question of talent with him. It's just now you're going to have to wait probably another two, three weeks at most until you're getting him back. And hopefully, I just really want this kid to stay healthy because he deserves it. It it just stinks so much to see someone this talented have to go through this much stuff as a young kid still too. Yeah, no, I think what we hate most about this is just the stop-start nature of his career right now. Like, we have not been – we have seen such flashes. He's ended um, 2018, 2019, was one of the hottest hitters to end the season both years. And every year we went into the offseason going like, there he did. He showed it. Great. Draft him high next year. And each one of those years has been followed with injury, 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 a nice, strong start, uh, finish to the season – and then we all say draft him again next year. And I mean, this year he finally started to look like, Hey, we were going to get it. And then boom, two injuries. So it just, it's crushing. If you're a Buxton owner, obviously you're holding on to him just because, I mean, he was putting literally an MVP season in the first Absolutely. month of the season. So yeah. you're holding on to him, but just the bad luck keeps coming. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's one of those. And again, Chris, I know we had discussed this probably about a month ago before he went down with the hip injury. It's like if Buxton comes back and has a good week and someone on your team and someone in your league wants to go pay something for him, not the end of the world if you want to go sell him now. Like I just don't believe in his ability to to play more than 100 games in a year. I mean, it's fair because until he until he does it, I guess it's fair to, to question that. I mean, 
I, it's not his I would, fault, but like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I would, if I can get a return on, on Byron Buxton in a, in, a, in a redraft league, yeah, absolutely. I think you have to explore. I'll say this: I'm exploring anyone at this point. There is no yeah, player right now that I'm not willing to trade. We talked about that in our our trade episode. But at the same time, if you don't get a quality offer, if someone just is trying to get you to get Byron Buxton off your roster, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, because, yeah. Don't give because, him away. Yeah. Because, because Byron Buxton is certainly capable of coming back and putting up monster numbers. At some point, he's going to stay healthy. I, I just have to imagine that this is not Nick Johnson, that there is going to be yes. a time where this dude is, a great going answer. Just, is going to stay healthy. But for now, you just got to play the waiting game, and then I hate the waiting game. All of us do. I'm, I'm far too impatient. By the way, Storm WSFB uh, wrote into us, and I want to hit that r- real quick. He said, since Wander has arrived, do you think Bobby Witt will be up soon? I'll kick this one to you as you'll know better than I. Yeah, so this is a tough one. First of all, Bobby Witt, after kind of a slow start, has been killing the baseball mm-hmm. lately, yeah. um, which is obviously a good thing. But there, there's a couple of things to keep in mind here. One, the fact he's still playing at A. The Royals haven't been that aggressive uh, with players in the past of of having guys call up uh, from Double A to uh, to the majors. So, so that's uh, you probably need him to play a little bit in Triple A before he comes up. The other thing is Kansas City kind of stinks. Kansas yeah. City got off to that great start. Uh, now thirty two and thirty eight. So I think there's a chance you get a cup of coffee with Witt Junior. But I would still bet on twenty twenty two. I put him in my top ten prospect list just because. If he does get that call now that Wander Franco is uh, Wander Franco is in the majors, um, thumbs up to that again. By the way, uh, now that he is in the majors, I have Jared Kelnick as the top prospect, but the most talented prospect in baseball is Bobby Wood Jr. So mm-hmm. if he does get added, you need to jump on it because he can help you in a bunch of categories. Yeah, I don't see Bobby Witt making the call up except for like like you said, cup of coffee, September roster expansion kind of this Most year. Most likely, yeah. There's just there just isn't an, a reason for Kansas City to start the clock on him before they have to. And right. you know, from a from a from a talent standpoint, maybe that's not correct, but from a I'm running a team standpoint, that's right. absolutely the correct move. So yeah. it just doesn't seem like that's needed if maybe if the Royals kept up their first month of the year and they were really competitive and this was the guy who could take them over the edge, sure. But that's not the case. They're going to run it out. I mean, Alberto Mondesi back on the IL again. Uh, that's it. His health is maybe the thing that might be the most interesting when it comes to Bobby Witt just because, right. you know what? If Mondesi just straight up doesn't play much of this year, well, then maybe they have a little bit more of a need for a shortstop. But otherwise, 2022 for Bobby Witt for me as well. Yeah, the, the one thing I would say there too is um, yep. uh, if the, this could change if Wood Jr. agrees to an extension, we have seen uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I, I will say you don't hear a lot of that talk anymore. I can't help but wonder if Evan White has kind of made these extensions for uh, – but Bobby Witt is at an entirely different level of talent. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, yeah, at Alberto Mondesi, but if if Cleveland is seven or excuse me, if Kansas City is eight to ten games out of first place, I don't think they care if Alberto Mondesi is uh, is hurt. No, nope. this, this is this is a lost season. So bet on twenty twenty two for Bobby Wood Jr. A couple guys coming back, making their returns from the IL tonight. Obviously, tonight being Tuesday, Max Scherzer activated off the IL will start Tuesday night against Zach Wheeler and the Phillies. He hit the IL 10 days ago with a groin injury. He left his last start 12 pitches in. 
He only misses one start, though, the minimum 10 days, which is great. Five and four with a 2.21 ERA, 0.8 whip, and 104 strikeouts across 77 and a third innings. Yes, that's a career-best 36% strikeout rate. The dude has been phenomenal, and more importantly, maybe for anything, the Nationals need him back and healthy, so that way they can theoretically trade him for a boatload of prospects. Also, Luke Voigt rejoins my Yankees. He's missed most of the year due to injury. Uh, first, a meniscus tear in his knee, and then a strained oblique. He's going to play Tuesday night against Kansas City. He's only played in 12 games this year, hitting 182 in 50 trips to the plate. But he's looked really good in rehab action, 8 for 19 with two homers. So immediately slot him back into your first base spot, and hopefully he can bring some of that power he displayed last year when he led the majors in homers. And finally, George Springer activated off the IL and batting fifth Tuesday against the Marlins. He's dealt with a right quad issue most of the year. He's only played four games to date. However, I think a nice piece for George Springer, now with Marcus Semien all but securing the leadoff spot because he's been absolutely phenomenal this year. That was one of the big questions that about George Springer entering the year was like, will he be a a leadoff guy again, like he was in Houston, or will he bat more middle of lineup? It looks like he'll almost assuredly bat middle of the lineup and in a very good Blue Jays lineup with a lot of lineup protection, he could be an excellent second half of the year player. Absolutely. Yeah. I would be trying to acquire George Springer if I, Me too. Uh, if I were playing in a redraft league, if somebody has him uh, stash on the injury list, which they almost assuredly do, by the way, as you were talking, uh, Luke Voigt homered. So congratulations to him. There he is. Welcome back, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. So um, another guy that I would be looking to acquire to a lesser extent than George Springer, just because George Springer can help you in a bunch of categories. Mm -hmm. Luke Voigt's probably only helping you in two, but two categories to help you for sure. But really quick, back to Springer, like this was an excellent fantasy option for a very long time. And I'm watching the replay of the Voigt homer. He mollywopped that thing. Goodness gracious, that guy is strong. Um, the uh, Brady Singer cannot leave pitches like that, too. Oh, yeah, like, I just saw it. Yeah, yeah that I just saw was that. absolutely clobbered. Um, but but back to, to Springer, I mean, this is a legitimate guy that you probably drafted in either the second or third round. What a huge boon that is, and what a huge uh, thing that is going to be for an already loaded Toronto lineup. Like, if you pit him fifth instead or something like that, or even yeah. if he's sitting at the top of the lineup, still going to be plenty of RBI chances. I'm mm-hmm. really excited to see George Springer back on the field. Could not agree more there. We are nearly at the midway point of the season, so if you haven't yet, be sure to sign up for NBC Sports Edge+. Plus. Hey, Chris, you like constantly updated rankings and in-season tools? I do. What about a nice trade analyzer? I like those. I do. I like that. Well, then make sure you're signed up for NBC Sports Edge Plus, sir. Best part, signing up for Edge gets you access to our fantasy football, basketball, and hockey sections as well. As a reward for our listeners, be sure to use promo code BASES10 to get 10% off any premium subscription package, either monthly or annually, regardless of tier. So to find your Edge, make sure you're signed up for NBC Sports Edge Plus. That promo code again bases 10. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. 
Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. So let's head over to the second half of the show and let's name our first half all disappointment team. Quick parameters around that. The all disappointment team, anyone drafted inside the top 150. Truthfully, I tried to keep it inside the top 100 if I could, but we are trying to exclude injuries as much as possible here. Sometimes you can't do anything about those. We're trying to talk about guys who are on the field and not living up to snuff. That being said, injuries are a part of this conversation. But, you know, the Adalberto Mondeses, who have just basically missed the entire season, tried to avoid using those as the answer. So, Chris, let's start off with you. Give me your catcher. So, I, I, I hate saying something negative about this guy, and I can hear the sirens in the background that they're about to arrest me for saying it. But it's Yasmani Grandal. Like, put up some decent numbers here, but 166 average. And a guy that was ranked yeah. 130th in Yahoo is actually 524th now. Um, has gotten on base at a great rate, has hit for power, but if you're playing in an average league, he's really hurt you there. 166 is really, really low. And as someone who was drafted either somewhere between second and fifth on catchers, probably closer to third or fourth, mm-hmm. that's pretty disappointing. Yeah, he was my he was my runner-up on that. He was my honorable mentions there. He's just, again, that batting average is just killer. I mean, it just... He's turned into like a Mike Zunino, who's just basically like, it's going to go far or it's going to go into the catcher's mitt. Like there's only two options here. Right. Um, That's a problem. So for me though, and it hurt me to say this because I love the player, but JT Real Muto is probably, it might be, I think my most disappointing. And I strict, I don't think his stats have been particularly bad. 292, seven homers, 29 RBIs, four stolen bases. Those numbers on the surface seem fine, but he was drafted easily hands down as the number one catcher, was supposed to be an offensive force. Meanwhile, Salvador Perez, who is the best catcher in the offensive catcher in the game right now, was drafted 45 picks later on average. And Will Smith and Wilson Contreras went 55 to 70 picks later, and they have eerily similar stats. Right. Now, Real Muto has had to deal with a couple injuries throughout the year, so he's had a little bit of a stop start to his season. But like, if you spent a uh, – his ADP was 52 in Yahoo – if you spent a borderline top 50 pick on Real Muto and those are the numbers you're getting, I'm disappointed with that. Yeah, that's fair. I would just say um, the injuries thing is such a big part of why he's str- uh, low on this list, though. I mean, you look at – like you take a player like Salvador Perez. Salvador Perez has over 100 at-bats more than, sure. well, than JT Real Muto does. Um, 
uh, uh, Will Smith has uh, 14 more at bats, even though he's splitting time. So frustrating to see him splitting time. Yeah, that's a whole nother one. Yeah, honestly, I almost put I almost put him down there just because I'm still disappointed that he's still splitting time. I know they said it and they announced it, and we were aware of it, but I'm still annoyed by it. It's still (laughs) annoying, but I will say, um, for both of those guys' return on schedule, absolutely buying it. I I think Mm -hmm. you will see Grandall be much better over the second half of the season, if only because he has to be. I mean, you just cannot hit 166 as a player for very much longer, and then. Real Muto, like like you said, those numbers um, are certainly fine. They're disappointing because of the mm-hmm. fact that he has played um, in so few games. But I'm absolutely buying in on both of those guys for the rest of the year. Completely agree. I think Real Muto regains his number one catcher in the game title over the second half of the year. Like I, sure. I expect a big bounce back from him. Uh, let's head over to first base. And for me, I I mean, there were two names on my list, and one is clearly the LVP here. And that's Keston hero. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was drafted at 72nd overall in Yahoo drafts. And it's just been downhill since then. 130, 217, 222 slash line, one Homer, five ribbies and nine runs was sent down to the minors on May 3rd was recalled back to the club on May 24th and then promptly sent back down on June 8th and was basically told, guess what? You're going to be there for a while. Yeah. Uh, he has a 39.3% strikeout rate, which hashtag analysis is not good. No. Uh, so, I mean, just for a guy that I think everyone was just hoping the hit tool was so good in college and the power seemed to be there and the move to first base, I thought people were hoping that that would mean great. Now he just gets to like Vladdy Jr. his way over there and just be like, good, just catch a ball. Don't really worry all that much about defense and just hit it really far. And he has just been unable to do that. Yeah, absolutely. He was my number two, my number one, unfortunately. And I think he might be one of the players that has been one of the most disappointing, regardless of position is I'm going with DJ LeMahieu and I I know he's eligible in a few different positions, but I'm going with the first base one just because look, if you drafted him to be your first baseman and you're getting two fifty nine five and 23 yikes. And this was a guy who was ranked like, a lot of leagues going in the second round and maybe even higher than that because or not too much higher than that. Cause he's not a first round pick, but he, the, the versatility here was a big selling point. 259 from DJ LeMahieu is not getting it done. Not a ton of power. Doesn't add stolen bases. Again, I'm definitely believing in DJ LeMahieu for the rest of the year. I think it's pretty obvious what the answer is for Hira as a turn of yes, return. Yes, unfortunately, that, I don't even need yeah, to answer yeah. that. One. Yeah, uh, I will say this: I'm surprised he's still rostered in 30 percent of leagues. What that tells me is 30 percent. What that tells me is that at least 29 to 29 percent of people have just stopped paying attention yeah. um, because <laughs> there's just no reason for him to be rostered that high. But yeah, I there's a few options uh, at first base. I would also easily say. Jose Abreu, the RBI total is great, but a 246 average is definitely disappointing. Uh, and then, of course, Cody Bellinger, but the, it's obviously been mostly about injuries there. But, yeah, I'm very disappointed from what we've seen from LeMayhew so far this year. I had LeMayhew as my second baseman on my on my all-disappointment team. Nice. I, I tried to keep him at it. I tried to keep him at his more – or people at their more uniform position. But, yes, sure. I agree with you there. The guy yeah. had 327 and 364 over the last two seasons – He's been 259 this year, had double the home runs last year in less games, 
has the same number of doubles this year as he had all of last year and 85 less at bats. Like there's nothing good about any part of that. DJ is my DJ is my second baseman. And speaking of infielders here, Franco is up in O2 right now. So popping that popping that pitch right over here. Uh, who's your second baseman while we watch him live? Keston Hira. So this is, this is okay. Okay, funny. so we we're just flipped them up. We're we just, just flipping them, them over, like like everything you just said. Fourteen of a hundred and eight is like <laughs> I, if you just look at it that way. Like fourteen <clears throat> hits and a hundred and eight at bats. Only the one homer. Only the one steal. Like I still I still believe in the talent long term for Hira, but he's going to have to go through just a million dollar man type of rebuild of his swing because this isn't working. This clearly isn't working and I expect him to put up monster numbers in triple a because he could take advantage of that kind of pitching. But yeah, I, I think it, it's not close that Keston Hira is, is for me. Uh, and again, you just, we're just switching the positions. Sure, sure. Uh, very, very, very big disappointment. All right. So give me your third baseman. Okay. So this, my third baseman is, and I'm going to talk through this while I am pulling it up and watching Wander Franco bat. This is great live television or however you're going to uh what you whatever you want to call it you could go with dj lemayhew here too if you wanted to but i would go with eugenio suarez uh, another disappointing year uh, the power's been great 15 homers and he's driven in a nice 42 runs by the way wander franco worked his way back from an 0-2 count to draw yes, a walk he is the greatest yeah. player in major league history there it is the uh, expectations <laughs> just went higher they just yeah. went higher unnecessarily One, 1,000 on base percentage. You cannot beat that. But look, I, I, I hate talk, going from Franco to talking about Suarez, but like 176. And like, look, if you're playing in a five by five category, it's great that you're getting help in two of those categories, but a huge detriment in terms of average. I think it has to be Suarez for me. Suarez was my number two, but Matt Chapman's mine. Uh, mm. The defense is still there. And he's a better real life player than fantasy player, but 225, 326, 389, eight homers, 32 ribbies, drafted just inside the top 100 in Yahoo leagues, striking out in 31.3% of his at bats is just not a good recipe. His expected batting average in the fourth percent, his K percentage in the seventh percent, his whiff percentage in the seventh percent, expected slugging in the 22nd, like. There just isn't a lot of good numbers here, except for the fact that he walks. And thank God that he walks. Otherwise, those numbers, the on-base percentage, would be down by where his batting average is. So yeah, yeah. Um, for me, I think it's Matt Chapman. I just I've I believed in the one-two of Olsen and Chapman entering this year as one of the better middle lineups that no one was talking about. And Chapman's right. not holding up his end of the bargain there. No, that's fair. And I would say this too. Like um, I'm not really a big believer in either of these guys going forward, um, but I will also say a person I considered who I am a big believer in, and I think he started to perform a little bit better. Uh, Alec Bohm would definitely be up there mm -hmm. for me as well, just because, you know, the power has not been there and top of a 233 average, which isn't great, but I expected a lot more than four homers. Definitely believe in him, but Chapman and Suarez, uh, really, really sketchy plays, especially considering how good this position is right now. All right, so let's move over to the shortstop position, which, by the way, it, while looking over the list, might have been the one with the most wild degrees yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of volatility here. Sure. And there were a couple lists. Um, 
we had someone write in that Gleyber Torres is probably has got to be the shortstop one. He was my number two, but Francisco Lindor is my number one. And I mean, and that's strictly because the guy was drafted number 15 overall, and he's batting 216, 308, 357 with eight homers, 21 ribbies, 36 runs, and five stolen bases. He had two homers in the first half of a doubleheader on Saturday to snap an 0 for 11 streak and then followed it up by going two for 12. It just, we have seen such a, a stop start to him, like having a good game or two and everyone going, Oh, finally, here's the turnaround. And it has not happened uh, over the past 126 games. So that includes all of this year and last year. He has a 237 average with 16 home runs and 48 RBIs over 545 plate appearances which on a per 162 would have him at 21 homers, 62 ribbies, and 15 stolen bases with 85 runs. That stat line is something you can get in the 12th round of a draft. That's not something you would be spending a second round pick on, on in a standard 12 team. So for me, it's Lindor just because the value that you lost by losing essentially a second round pick or a late first on him has been crushing. Yeah, there's. I, I don't think this is close. I think it has to be Francisco Lindor. Uh, if it wasn't Lindor, I I would say Glaber Torres is pretty close. And I would also pretty say close. Trevor, he's right behind yeah, him. Yeah. yeah, I would also say that Trevor Story um, is a guy that's been a pretty darn big disappointment. If not for the steals, I mean, we would be talking about a huge disappointment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little bit injury related, but not that much. I mean, he was out for basically right around uh, right around the minimum amount of time. He's still gotten 224 at-bats, but it has to be Francisco Lindor. But I will just say this. I will never give up on Francisco Lindor. Like, I I, I think you, you're talking about a guy who is more that you're taking in the third or fourth round next year instead of the first or second round. But that guy's way too talented. And I think you're, you're starting to see life, too. Like, he was hitting about 180. He's got that average up to 216. I would expect him to be... I would bet on Francisco Lindor outperforming Wander Franco for the rest of the year. Let's just say that. Like I am, I am, okay. I am not giving up on Francisco Lindor's power, and I think he's going to run more in the second half as well. Look, I, I know that the, you're you're counting last year's stats. I'm not counting anything from 2020. 2020 did not happen. I am doing my very best. My therapist is telling me it didn't happen. So why can't I say that it didn't happen? I am just not counting Francisco Lindor's bad year last year and look adjusting to a new league a new team and some a little bit of bad babbit luck as well i am definitely believing in francisco lindor going forward would you take marcus Simeon over lindor rest nope. of the season no because marcus Simeon and I, I i gotta be honest with you our the all disappointment team goes to one of us for not putting him on our all surprise team last well know, he was the, he was the guy who was just like just inside the top yeah. 150 so he didn't yeah. technically qualify because he yeah. was on my list yeah but that, i mean look like superstar season like obviously yeah. uh a, a legitimate mvp candidate and um but yeah i'm, I'm taking Simeon over lindor but I'm still having Lindor, you mean Lindor like, over Lindor yeah. over Simeon. Okay. I, I I am taking I will take Marcus Simeon to be better than Lindor for the rest of the Oh, year. that's what I said. Um, yeah, no, I agree yeah, with that. Yeah, yes. I, we're agreeing with on that, okay. but I will just say that. Um uh it, it's that is not an insult to Lindor, that is a compliment to Simeon. Also, uh, just honorable mention, I know injuries aside, but Alberto Mondesi, you yeah. spend such a ridiculously high draft pick on a guy to get 90 steals and he just can't play. And it's yeah. such a crusher. And even when he does come back, like that's 
running is like half of is most of his game and he's had injuries to his lower body. Like, are they going to push him? That's just somebody you spent such a draft pick on to get to own a category. And he's not going to give you that category. Yeah. Uh, let's move over to the outfield. Let's pick this up a little bit so that way we don't run too long here. There were uh, outfield was a tough one because there were so many of them to choose from. I'll, I'll start off and I'll start off with Marcelo Zuna, which again, we took injuries aside, but I'm not taking all the rest of it out. Uh, his him being arrested on aggravated assault charges and misdemeanor battery suspended obviously even before the suspension he was only batting 213 uh across 108 188 at bats just i mean if we want to talk about all disappointments he is maybe the most disappointing person that we could possibly talk about on this list just absolutely crushing um so ozuna for me he you drafted him just inside the top 40 and you got none of that value back um, and then rounding that out, I also had Christian Yelich and Juan Soto as my other two. Again, the same logic that I had with Lindor. You spent such a high draft pick on these guys, and you're not getting that production. Yelich has been, again, injury kind of factoring in there. You're batting only 252 with three homers and 18 ribbies across 127 at-bats. But, it's again, you spent a top 10 draft pick on him, and that's the numbers you have so far. And then Juan Soto – we have not seen him get injured yet this year, but it sure feels like something's off because yeah. this was a guy who had 351 with a 1.18 OPS last year, and he's batting 276 with uh, eight homers and 29 RBIs across 200 at bats this year. It's just it something looks wrong, and that's not the numbers we expect from Juan Soto. No, that's fair. That's why I have Soto on my list. A great call on Ozuna. I, I have him on that list as well. Um, Good riddance. Um, Mookie Betts is my other, my third outfielder. And look, yeah, it's, that's fair. I, I to say the the understatement of understatements is that I believe Mookie Betts will be better in the second <laughs> yeah. half of the season. Like, and the same thing for Juan Soto. Like, you look at Juan Soto's like metrics, and they're all red. Like, there is a ton of bad luck happening here. But it's this is a results thing. Like, you do not win a fantasy baseball league on expected batting average that is just not something yeah, exactly. be fun to play in a league like that but that's just not That'd something interesting. that's happening yeah but um but both of those guys i mean legitimately were guys who were going first overall in drafts and you mm-hmm. are getting top 125 production from them right now by the way it's pretty crazy that mike trout uh, still ranks 272nd, even though it seems like he hasn't played in like <laughs> yeah. two months, which is just, I, I just looking at that. We have had so many outfield injuries this year. Uh, Luis Roberts, uh, Christian Yelich, like you said, like Yelich, like, yeah, yeah him, just a ridiculous, like Jimenez got it started for us, basically. Yeah, that basically kicked it off. This, this, the <laughs> sign to come, but, but yeah, lots of disappointment in the outfield this year. Um, let's head over to our starting pitchers and I've got two, Luis Castillo has to be on your list because he's on mine and right. he should be on everyone's list. He got drafted inside the top 40. He's two and 10 with a five, six ERA um, over his first 10 starts one and seven with a 7.6 ERA, which is gross, yeah. but he does have a 2.43 ERA and 29 strikeouts across his last 30 innings. That's his last five starts. It looks like he's turning the corner. I don't want to say he's fully out of the woods just yet, but it looks like he's turning it. So I'm hoping for a big bounce back from him second half of the season, but obviously has to be on the list for most disappointing players so far. And then also Kenton Maida is the other one for me. Top three in AL Cy Young voting last year, had the lowest whip in the American League, 
and he's three and two with a five ERA and a 1.46 whip, only 50 strikeouts and 52 innings. That's just not what you expected. And again, his baseball reference page is blue. And it is a lot of, or his baseball savant page is blue. So there's not a whole lot, even expected wise, it's not been particularly great. Those two expected a lot of big things out of both of them this year. And both of them have disappointed wildly. Yeah, my number one disappointment is Jacob deGrom. I thought he would have an ERA of 0.35 and to have it at point. That's fair. That's totally fair. That's (laughs) Um, totally fair. Got really dogging it out there. Luis Castillo is as disappointing as any player in, in baseball. Like this is like hard to look at for a player who has not missed time with injury preseason ranked 36 current ranked 1007. So yeah. that is not what you're looking for. Totally believe that Castillo will be better just because of what we've seen from him in the past. But my number two is Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola was a guy who was mm-hmm. drafted in those first two rounds and has not yep. given you close to that type of production A 4.22 ERA a 1.22 whip, which isn't terrible, but is fairly middling right now. Um, hasn't provided the win category, which some of it not his fault, but a 4.22 ERA, I mean, you're not putting yourself in position to get a ton of W's in that. Um, I would also say Lucas Giolito, a guy that I had as my starting pitcher mm-hmm. for yeah. this year. Um, hasn't been awful by any stretch of the imagination, but just hasn't quite lived up to expectations. But, uh, but Aaron Nola has been a guy that has been – you know, a guy that you may at some point this year need to consider not starting against better lineups. And that's a huge disappointment to me. Jesus Lazardo was also a, a, sure. a, fra- a fracture on my list just because I, you expected a big bounce. This was supposed to be the breakout year and he's now in the minors again, like, like a Hira esque kind of fall from grace here that we're going to sure. need to have a conversation about later. Right. Um, so let's go to our closers quick. And for me, it's Russell Iglesias for the angels. Um, the closer spot was a little tougher to pick because there's been so much volatility and so much up and down. But if you spent a top hundred pick on a closer, you expect him to be putting up elite numbers and he's four and three with a 4.3 ERA 1.13 whip and only 12 saves so far on the year. He's given up at least one earned run in four straight appearances, which is never a great thing when you're coming in to hopefully only be saving one run games. Right. Uh, But he did just blow his first save chance in his last 11. Things have looked better. The Angels overall have looked better, oddly enough, without Mike Trout. Uh, They picked it up. So hopefully when Mike Trout comes back, that team picks it up even more. Uh, I'm big on Iglesias rest of season. Yeah, absolutely. I I would have Iglesias. We were talking beforehand about how I was – torn between these two guys and honestly not sure if he was actually drafted in the 150th why not cheat with the relievers but Alex Colome was it. a guy that um, Alex Colome was a guy that I know a lot of people were high on it because they thought that he was going to be that closer for the twins and they gave him that shot and he did not earn that role 5.26 ERA uh, only rostered in 30 percent of leagues was a guy that was at least being drafted in leagues to go from that to that that quickly uh, the other guy that would be close um, but it certainly wasn't drafted that high. It was Amir Garrett, who has just been awful. And I hate awful. it because Amir Garrett is one of my favorite players to watch. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the swag so much. But it has been very, very hard to watch him pitch in 2021. Yes, it has. Well, that just about finished up our show for today. Loved this topic. We'll bring it up again soon. I'm sure next week we will officially have, I believe, hit the halfway point. So we'll be sure to have some type of mid-season award show or something like that. Got <laughs> well, Chris already got his hair cut. He's already halfway dolled up. We got to make sure he gets there. Absolutely. 
So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you are subscribed to Circling the Bases wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate and review us. Five stars, you can see it in the live show. There you go, all five of them right there. You can follow me on Twitter at Call Don't Lie, and you can follow Chris at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Be sure to tune back in tomorrow at 7 p.m. live as Chris invites Nathan Bishop of Dome and Bedlam onto the pod to talk all things Mariners. So if you want a lot of biased home cooking, come on down. <laughs> or we'll vice have versa. Of, or vice versa, or a lot yeah. of uh, self-flagellating. Yes. You come on down, you'll have plenty of it there. So until next time, stay safe out there. And as always, thanks for the listen. Love you, Dom Smith, but you should have caught that fly ball. You ruined Jacob DeGrom's no-hitter bite. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.